What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews, exclusively here as always on the Casa D18 Studios channel. I, of course, am your host, the Renegade JJ Williams, and today we continue our lineage of the Walt Disney Animated Studios features with 1940s Pinocchio, starring the voice talents of Cliff Edwards, Dickie Jones, Christian Rubb, Walter Catlett, and Evelyn Venable. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me here once again for another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews. And as I said during the opening, we're going to be discussing the second film in the Walt Disney Animation Studios lineage, Pinocchio, from 1940. And I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time setting this one up. Let's get right into it here, shall we? Our movie opens up and Jiminy Cricket arrives in the workshop of a woodworker named Geppetto, who is putting the finishing touches on a wooden marionette that he names Pinocchio. Before falling asleep, Geppetto wishes on a star for Pinocchio to become a real boy. During the night, the Blue Fairy visits the workshop and brings Pinocchio to life, although he remains a puppet. She tells him that if he proves himself to be brave, truthful, and unselfish, he will in fact become a real boy. The Blue Fairy then assigns Jiminy to act as Pinocchio's conscience. And when he awakens, Geppetto is shocked but ecstatic to discover that Pinocchio is alive. The next day on his way to school, Pinocchio is led astray by J. Worthington Foulfellow, better known as Honest John, a con artist who convinces him to join Stromboli's puppet show and become a star as a living puppet without strings, despite Jiminy's objections. Pinocchio becomes Stromboli's star attraction as a marionette who can sing and dance without strings. However, when Pinocchio is ready to go home for the evening, Stromboli locks him in a birdcage with intent to exploit Pinocchio by enslaving him and forcing him to perform worldwide to make a lot of money for Stromboli himself and then use the little wooden boy as firewood once he gets to be too old to perform. Jiminy sneaks into Stromboli's wagon but is unable to free Pinocchio. The Blue Fairy shows up and inquires as to why Pinocchio wasn't in school. Jiminy tells him to tell the truth, but instead, Pinocchio chooses to lie, causing his nose to grow. Pinocchio then makes a vow to be good from now on, and the Blue Fairy returns his nose to normal and sets him free but she warns him that this is the last time she can intervene and help him. Across town at the Red Lobster Inn, Honest John and his sidekick Gideon meet a coachman who promises to pay Honest John money if he can find stupid little boys for him to take to Pleasure Island. The coachman states that none of the boys ever come back as boys. 
Honest John is terrified by the coachman's plans, but he agrees and leads Pinocchio astray on his way home. He convinces him that he needs to take a vacation to Pleasure Island after his terrible experience with Stromboli. And on the way to Pleasure Island, Pinocchio befriends a boy named Lampwick, who is a delinquent boy. Pinocchio and the boys soon engage in smoking cigars and cigarettes, gambling, vandalism, and getting drunk as there are no rules or authority figures to enforce the activity, much to Jiminy's dismay. Jiminy decides to leave after meeting Lampwick, but he discovers that the island hides a horrible curse. The boys are brought to Pleasure Island in order to engage in the misdeeds, which in turn turns them into donkeys. The boys are then sold by the coachman into slave labor in salt mines and circuses. Pinocchio watches as Lampwick transforms into a donkey and with Jiminy's help, narrowly escapes the island with only donkey ears and a tail. The downside is that they have to leave the other boys in the clutches of the coachman. Upon returning home, Pinocchio and Jiminy find Geppetto's workshop vacant. They soon get a letter from the blue fairy posing as a dove, stating that Geppetto had gone out looking for Pinocchio, but he was swallowed by Monstro, a giant whale, and is now living in the belly of the beast. Determined to rescue his father, Pinocchio jumps into the sea, accompanied by Jiminy. And Pinocchio is soon swallowed by Monstro as well, where he finds Geppetto. Pinocchio devises a scheme to make Monstro sneeze, giving them a chance to escape. The scheme works, but the enraged whale chases them and smashes their raft. Pinocchio pulls Geppetto to safety in a cave before Monstro crashes into it. Geppetto, Figaro, Cleo, and Jiminy are washed up safely on a beach, but Pinocchio is seemingly killed. Back home, Geppetto, Jiminy, and the pets are inconsolable over the loss of Pinocchio. However, the Blue Fairy decides that Pinocchio has proven himself brave, truthful, and selfless. To reward him, she reverses the Pleasure Island curse and turns him into a real boy, reviving him in the process much to everyone's joy. And as the new family celebrates, Jiminy steps out of the party to thank the Blue Fairy, and as a result is rewarded with a solid gold badge that certifies him as an official conscience. This movie right here definitely gives a young man a lot more to sink his teeth into than Snow White did. And here to join me to help discuss Pinocchio, with no further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, the West Coast professor, the owner-operator CEO of the Jeff Meacham Network, Jeff Meacham himself. Jeff, thank you for joining me here. As always, a pleasure to have you along. And I know that 
this was one of the the few, the proud that you really wanted to get your teeth into this month as Pinocchio is arguably your favorite Disney film of all time, possibly next to Back to the Future, possibly your favorite film ever of all time. I think if you look back at the history of my life and the movies that I grew up and never stopped watching in my life, except for the 10 years I couldn't buy a copy of this one. Um, or not, no, no, it, it wasn't quite 10. Let me, let me, let me give us a little credit. It was more like five or six, but um, yeah. I mean, Pinocchio, you know, th th this is the masterpiece edition copy. If you're, a, if you're a fan and familiar with the versions, this was released in 1993, my birth month, actually March of 93, believe it or not, which is why it was birthday gift that year. Um, uh, it was re-released in theaters in 92. So this was the VHS follow-up release to the theatrical release. But prior to that, <laughs> if you don't know the story, I'm going to do it real quick. Um, Go for it, man. I was, I want to say no, no older than three. Um, in a clamshell very much like this, not the later black clamshell release did with Pinocchio, although I did have a couple of those too. Um, three different VHS tapes. Now, for those of you young folk that aren't familiar with VHS tapes, it's literally film. Inside, I have a visual aid. I mean, literally, God, meet you all over this thing. Look at this thing. It's crazy. I mean, it's, can I open this without breaking it? That'd be super. Yeah. I mean, it's literally film inside a casing, right? Now, if you are a fan of the WWF Attitude Era DVD releases, you, you hear Triple H talking about wearing the tape of Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat onion skin thin. It's not an exaggeration. I wore them so thin they broke. Three times. Three different copies. And on the third one, my mom was like, you're done, kid. And until this release, approximately seven years later, there was no Pinocchio in my house to watch. However, knowing that they had shattered my little lack of soul for life, at least at the time, um, they did have a compensation for me in my mourning process. Ah, uh, the little wooden head himself. Which I've had. We, we, we figured that last night in the process of going through and finding him in my Mickey plush bin, buried deep beneath the snow. I mean, beneath the, 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 mask, the, the mask of mafia. Um at least 31 years. And he looks like it. Poor guy. He's been through the ringer. <laughs> you know. we're, we're talking buried deeper than Song of the South. <sighs> Nothing buried that deep, brother. Song of the South buried so deep. They're trying to remove every vestige of it from the damn parks at this point, like for real. Um, as you notice. Um, Which so is weird because my roommate just recently went to the park for the first time since opening since the pandemic the Sunday before Memorial Day. Right. Went on Splash Mountain. Still the same. It's open? It like it's actually open, open? Yeah. It caught me off guard too. That is weird. It was like, wasn't the whole point to try to 
overhaul it while we were closed for the pandemic. All uh, right, you know. It's like y'all had a year and a half. Yeah. To do this. Yeah. And even if you couldn't get the overhaul done, which overhauling a 32-year-old ride and completely retheming it is difficult even for the magic folk, right? But I mean, at least shut the sun bitch down and not expose our youth to the to the to the evils of song of this. So they shut the fuck up. I mean, come on, give me a break. Anyway. But anyways, uh, let's not get off into the no, weeds. No. Pinocchio. I, I find it fascinating actually that you have that particular version of the film Pinocchio, as you called it, the masterpiece collection. Yes. Masterpiece. You know. I'm sure I'll go into depth about this a little bit more tomorrow when I talk about Fantasia. Yes. But it seemed like for a while there, everything that was being released on VHS was called the masterpiece, the masterpiece. And while Pinocchio definitely, I feel, qualifies as a masterpiece. Right. There's other films that came out during that time that I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it, even films like The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, like they hadn't been around long enough to be considered a masterpiece. No, but and you I, could argue that tomorrow's film Fantasia is Walt's definitive animated masterpiece. Musically you know? speaking, absolutely, yes. Yeah. From a, from a technological standpoint, whether you're a huge fan of the film or not, right? You know what they were able to accomplish with the animation and the little bit of live action with the orchestra and the classical music. Like it, it's hard to to argue that Fantasia was the Mary Poppins of animation. At least during Walt's era. Now, right. Lion King definitely came along and said, hold my beer. But, you know. Yes. Prior to the Renaissance era, you'd be hard-pressed to come up with something else that didn't define Masterpiece more than that one. Well, it, it, it's funny. In, in the lead-up to doing this, I, I was reading through the different... Uh, the different dissertations on this movie, and there are quite a few of them throughout the the. And there goes. And the there it goes. There it goes. Very good. All right. When you wish upon a star, if you hit it, it'll go far. Um. Anyway. Um. And there go the royalties on this show because I sang the song. Um. Anyway. So there's that. Uh. Shit. All two uh, people that are watching my live from here just tuned, turned off because Jeff started singing. Uh, I saw we come back so, later, watch it on demand. You can fast forward that part. That's right. Very good. So I like the fact that so like I was reading through and a huge part of this movie is the themes that are contained therein. And I love this. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Keith Booker who says he considers the film to be the most down-to-earth of the Disney animated films despite its theme song and magic and notes that the film's protagonist has to work to prove his worth, which he remarked seemed more in the line with ethos of capitalism than most of the other films. Uh, it, they, uh, they were uh, he Pinocchio here and Bambi were both purposely constructed by Disney to market 
uh, to appeal to both boys and girls, which I found pretty cool. Um, at the end of the day, there's another quote here. It's a simple morality tale, a cautionary and schematic, ideal for moral instruction, save for some of its darker moments, and noted that the film is a favorite of parents of young children. The only reason my parents didn't love this film is much like we didn't like Peter Pan later. Same difference. Um, but man, this... Uh, this is... Uh, you know, Snow White appeals to the princess and all, and all the little girls that were watching and that, you know, they, you know, someday her prince will come and, you know, you know, happy ending, true love's kiss, you know, all that, all that, all that mushy crap. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I love that, you know, he's very much given a pass for a lot of his shenanigans because of his, ignorance not being a real boy until the very very end um there was an author uh, an illustrator named maurice sedank who saw the film in theaters he called the film superior to the original the the, the novel um the pinocchio in this film is not the unruly sulking vicious devious albeit still charming marionette that Colotti created not, neither is he innately evil doomed to calamity child of sin he is rather both lovable and loved. Therein lies Walt's triumph. His Pinocchio is a mischievous, innocent, and very naive little wooden boy. What makes our anxiety over his fate endurable is a reassuring sense that Pinocchio is loved for himself and not for what he should or should not be. Disney has corrected a terrible wrong. Pinocchio, he says, is good. His badness is only a matter of inexperience. And also that Pinocchio's wish to be a real boy remains the film's underlying theme, but becoming a real boy now signifies the wish to grow up. Not the wish to be good. It's like interesting, you know. I three-year-old me got this movie on levels that, that three-year-old shouldn't get. Thirty-eight-year-old me reads that and goes, "Opinion validated." It does say masterpiece on here. It very much is a masterpiece. Now, you 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 pointed out the whole masterpiece uh, thing being kind of a haha, you know. It, very much a marketing tool, very much a marketing name. You know, you know, if you're gonna sit there and tell me that Ember's New Groove is a masterpiece, I will punch you in his donkey face. I, I really will. Just throwing it out there now. Seriously, because I, I can't really think of anything that David Spade has ever touched that I would consider a masterpiece. I mean, maybe Julian Grace. Um, you know, but anyway, because um, <laughs> he got a daughter out of her, so you definitely touched Julian Grace. Good for you, David. Love you, man. She's a playmate, so nice job. Um, other than that, not so much. Um, I mean, well, no, Heather Locklear, Larry Flynn Boyle. You know, hey, his his list of touches is good on the on the personal life front. Movies, not so much. Poor Chris Farley had to get up there with that asshole. Anyway, we're off in the weeds. As we do. As we do, yes. But this movie, like I said, if... Okay, gun to my head. Can only watch three movies your entire rest of your life, ever. Back to the Future, Mary Poppins. Said it, I mean it. And, Not bad. And I, you know, okay, he's very like old, and he's his 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 uh texture is very abrasive. So I'm gonna sit him down here and 
kind of hold him instead of having him against my skin because he's 30 years old. He's rubbing against me and giving me a rug burn. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, ah, did tape down again. That's two. Oh, bitch. Tape down. Very net in distress. <laughs> and if you get that, you're on the right channel, folks. We love you for that. Um, but, yeah, I – it's it's funny looking back at how much I watched this movie and how annoyed we got at the Peter Pan watchings, and I go, I'm a hypocritical mother effort. <laughs> Very much so. At least the disc didn't wear out, except it's welcome um, on Peter Pan. Um, yes, yes, like it said, did. Three VHS tapes just gone. Bye bye. No mo and like. I wanted to go on eBay because I found the 85 release. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool just to have back just because. Just to show my mom, you can't take it away from me forever. Um, but that'd be petty and vindictive. And, I, and I, I'm clearly not that person. Yeah, the only film I can even compare to on that level for watching a tape so thin yeah. is the copy of Tombstone that I owned. Yes. Yes. That I watched so many times. Oh, yeah. Whenever the guns would fire, the tape would jump. <laughs> Are you serious? That's dead serious. And we're That's... talking about a Western. So you can imagine the amount of gunfire in the film. Every time a gunshot would go off, the tape would flicker and jump. The fact that we're talking about a movie we're watching flickering and jumping, we old fool. <laughs> hey. Oh you my know, god. Technology is a beautiful thing. Yes. It's you like know, nowadays the worst you get is buffering. Right. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Seriously. It's so funny. We you know, it's you know, we bitch about the tapes being too fragile. We bitch about the discs being too scratchy. We bitch about the streaming being too buffery. It's like, you know, what you First know problems. Yeah. When when they start beaming the thing directly in our brain, oh I have a headache from the from the freaking thing hitting my temple. It's like it's Disney. Stop your bitching and enjoy it. <laughs> Speaking of it being Disney, let's try to get back on track. One of the things we talk about when we talk about Disney and Disney movies is the music. Yes. And, you know, hi diddly dee. When you wish upon a star, which went on to become the theme song for the Walt Disney Company. I mean, right. you walk through the castle and you hear it play. Yeah. Yep. The VHS's start, you hear it play. You, know, you would hear it in the opening to Renegade's reviews, except I'm not trying to get shut down. So I tried to found some, find something that was as Disney as possible and to as, still strike that chord. As I said last week, bravo. That was very well done. So, But I mean... And I think that little wooden head is very underrated when it comes to the songs in this movie. Mm -hmm. Because you can only really find the orchestral instrumental version out there on CDs or YouTube or whatever. You can never really find the version with Geppetto singing it from the movie. And that scene when he's first put the touches on Pinocchio and he's playing with him and he's singing little wooden head. It's just, 
such a powerful moment. I, I'm sad that you can't really find a high quality version of that song. It's funny. I, I remember our talks forever about making mixtapes and mix CDs when we're going to fill in the blank here someplace with our significant other, with our kids, whatever. One of the first CDs I burned, that's how we are again, um, off of my brand new tower computer back in 19, um, was a Disney CD. And even though YouTube didn't exist, I couldn't tell you how I found it. Probably some Napster, some LimeWire shit. Um, I found the Geppetto version of Little Woodenhead that was on that CD. And I had that CD for years. And when we moved into this house 21 years ago, much like my WrestleMania 2000 ticket, they got lost in the shuffle. So I don't know where it is now. But again, if you have a CD burner on your computer and you have access to YouTube, you're good to go for that version. So it's not a huge thing. But, it, you know, you talk about masterpiece video collections. They have all these damn Disney masterpiece CDs or, you know, whatever the hell they want to call them this particular week. You know, how many times they want to release something before they, you know, milk it so bad the cow is, you know, horse, horse collar thin at this point. Um, the, the more popular one, I believe, is the five-volume classic Disney CD right. set that came out. But that was like early 2000s. Yeah. And in any event, <clears throat> there are so many theatrical versions of feeling the song here that are way oversight not being on the cd and this is one of them you know um but they'll release you know six different versions of whole new world on a different cd it's like come on guys you know granted whole new world is a jam and a half and, and, and i, I get that, that song so you and, know and, and, well but jasmine's your girl and i understand that and that if it, it, that's that's cool but you know i i mean hand to god there's three different versions of that song on the movie. The one in the scene, the, the, the reprise at the end where they're flying off and Jeannie made you look, and then on the credits. And there's been at least two more released commercially since then that I know oh, yeah, of. The remake. Plus the movie. Uh, yeah, between the Porky Pig, wrong franchise. Um, between the release of the animated movie and the release of the live action movie in 2019, there was at least two or three more commercially released versions that were neither Brad Kane nor Linda Larkin. Linda Larkin thank you. So it's That's like true. Cause I remember Disney had those Disney mania CDs where like their current roster of Disney channel stars would like tackle the classic Disney songs and stuff. It's like, I, I, I demand to have the outtake of Brittany and Justin singing whole new world. Because I know it exists. You know it does. You know it does. Somewhere in the archives, they had to bury it because, oh, they broke up. Shit. You know, you know, you you know, know I'm not going to lie. I, 2000 JJ wouldn't mind hearing that. I'm just saying. You, you know it. You know it's in that vault somewhere with Walt's cryogenically frozen head, Jimmy Hoffa, the, 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 the uh, Thin Elvis, and it's all buried back here together. And down number three. Okay. Okay, here we go. How many times? This is gonna be like a damn freaking uh, ATV. How many times am I gonna hit somebody before I get arrested? Um, anyway. Hey, you know what? This might be our trivia question for this month. How many times did Jeff knock down the Pinocchio VHS? That's it. Sesame Street. Today's number is three so far. Um, we'll see how it goes before we're done. But uh, uh, uh. three drops. Uh, uh, uh. 
Sesame Street. But the music on the Pinocchio review. Got it. Um, the music, the story. Like you said, when you wish upon a star became the signature company song, as it should. It encourages you to go for your dreams, and all you have to do is wish upon a star, and it just may come true. It's like. Even me and you know, no soul back here behind this Etsy badge. Um, it gets you right in the feels every single time. I don't care if I'm watching the movie, I don't care if I'm in the park with fireworks over my head. That song plays. I am a stock investor in Kleenex tissues, just a blubbering, flipping idiot. Definitely. I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't de diabetes that anymore. I can't sugarcoat that thing any less. It, it it's that simple. This little guy and his mu and the music in his movies, and let's not discount the fact that Jiminy Cricket, who literally came in off the street, looking like you know he'd come from a halfway house when he first got there, and the blue fairy goes, "Hey, fix." This is as much as tale for him as it is for Pinocchio. I was had, I was gonna get to that when you kind of slid us back into the music there. I was gonna say, right. you know, we talk about the music, we talk about the story. Let's get into the characters a little bit. Right. You know, obviously Pinocchio, you know, Jiminy is conscience and the the arc that he goes through, and you know. How much does he really want to help Pinocchio? Because he's ready to abandon his ass in Pleasure Island when he starts acting like, no pun intended, a jackass. jackass. You know? Honest John and Gideon. You know, our, our smarmy little side heels. Yes. You know, Stromboli. Even Monstro the Whale. Yeah. Has there been a Stromboli meet and greet character? I've never seen him. I don't believe so. And that, I'm surprised a, that they didn't even do that for, like, villains. I was going to say, that's a big oversight, in my opinion. Like, they've had, I think, everybody else in this damn movie at this point. Except it, it, even the Blue Fairy, they've had her. And Monstro is part of the, the makeup of the uh, storybook now, so he's there, too. Yeah. So... But, like, yeah, no strong boys. It's very weird. Anyway, but, yeah, the freaking foul fellow and uh, Gideon, those damn hat thieves. Um, sons of bitches. <laughs> Go on my Facebook when I get the picture up, which should be by now. Um, there's so much character depth in everybody in this movie. Yeah. They've all got their threads. People talk about the transformation of the Snow White ride at Disneyland and how it's just too scary. I'll tell you what, I watched Pinocchio last night to prepare for this. His transformation into that donkey and his subsequent breakdown and loss of sanity. Like it's deep stuff for you know, 1940. Yeah. 1940 it released number one. Number two, how three-year-old me got through three copies of this tape and not been completely scared poopless in, out of his diaper. I'll never know. Because 38-year-old me damn near shit his pants last night. I'll tell you what. <laughs> like, Pinocchio's face 
when Lampwick's pound on him and he forcibly turns into the hooves. And then his just he's screeching, he's he's you know, uh the he-haws and he's kicking everything around. It's it's frightening. Like I don't glaze over that. Oh, I mean, you're being dramatic, Jeff. No, I'm not. F word. Sorry. It's fucking scary. Okay. It's legitimately like I, 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 Jay, hand to God, took my seat, took a, oh, take a step back. Wait, wow. That's, I mean, the TV's right there. It's like, wow, that's heavy. Almost positive. It's, it's a powerful moment. And, you know, it, it talks about being a morality tale, dude. I love the fact that lies are as obvious as nose, plain as a nose on your face, has become a thing in our culture. Because that nose just, he just kept on perpetuating. He got caught. I love that. Yeah, your plushy Pinocchio looks like he's total liar, too. Well, in comparison to the little marionette underneath him. Well, either that or maybe he, uh, or maybe he got, maybe got to look at, uh, David Spade's uh, baby mama, one or the other. Anyway, um, just wow. <laughs> All righty there, folks. There we go. You thought it was going to be a G-rated show because Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you silly, silly fools, you. Anyway, um, yes. And to be fair, like I said, he's 31 years old. He's lived a good chunk of his life in the bottom of a bin because I want to protect him from more dust and dirt over this, you know, the moves of this house. So, but, um, uh, I even like the, the only character really doesn't get an arc per se is the blue fairy. Cause she's kind of like, you know, making sure everything goes okay. Mm-hmm. But, but I enjoy the character and I, I love the scene with her and Jiminy in the shop where, you know, she's, would you like to be Pinocchio's conscience? And, and she bats those eyelashes at him. And Jimmy, you can see Jimmy literally blush and melt. It's like, damn, dude, she working it. Good for her. She knows what's up. She knows she's pretty. It's, it's just so, so, everything is just so, I can't, I've, I've moaned and groaned, according to everybody else, about the perfectness of Back to the Future over the years. I... This is up there for it too. I, I don't see a fault. I don't see a fault of this one. Much like, much like yesterday's movie, you know, people over the years have called both of those movies scarier than hell. Looking back, and I think the scene in the forest with Snow White is frightening as hell until it resolves itself. You know, with the whole she's by herself and the animals and everything's cool. Like I said, the scene with Lampwick is just gut wrenching and scary. Um. The scene where everybody thinks he's passed on after the the, the, the the accident in the water is just barbaric on your soul. Um, it's like you said for 1940, it, it, it gets very much Doc Brown heavy through a lot of it. It's it's tough, and like I said, the fact that three year old me didn't you know completely shut down from you know fear and anxiety is very very shocking. Looking back 35 years later. You, you were talking about it and comparing it to Back to the Future. So let's go ahead and get right into our ratings. You know how we do here. Jeff gives it five. No surprise. Was there any there. doubt? I was going to say, was there any doubt? I was going to get a I was five. For say, no, yeah. no surprise for me there where it comes to Jeff's review. Yeah. I mean, it. it 
I am so grateful that Disney Plus exists because I wish well, I don't wish because the story is just too great to not have in my life now. But I wish technology would have been a thing back when I was three that didn't have to worry about wearing out tapes and not having it in my life for a decade. Because that sucked, having to wait for it to come on TV and hope I catch it. That was a bitch for a long time. Yeah, I can imagine. So, so yeah. But I'm glad to, but yeah, like, you know, you showed the Blu ray copy. I've got one of those. I've got this one that, you know, we bought this in 93. The fact that it still works in a VCR is, is testament to how much I've grown as a person and not been such a crazy spaz when it comes to movies. Uh, but I've got the DVD that came out for the 40th, no, 40, 80, 60, 60th, probably. 60th, thank you, 60th, yes. And I've got the more recent Blu-ray that came out, I think, whatever it was, the 70th or whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I will what never I have is the signature collection. Right. Yeah, and at least and I'm he's pretty got the little sticker there in the corner with Walt's signature. Yeah. I, I, I had the exact same one. I, I think I actually left it in the case because it was Pinocchio and I didn't want to mess with it. Um but I have that one and I think that was the 70th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. Don't call me because it if it's just 2010, then it is. But um yeah, it's it's my favorite Disney animated movie, probably my favorite animated movie period. So definitely, definitely five stars. It's hard to argue, you know, going to the golden age as we are right now, you know, Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, Bambi, those five movies. Right. You know, in, in all honesty, only Fantasia and Snow White are ones that I, really can't bring myself to watch on a regular basis. Okay. You know, Fantasia, we'll get more in detail into that tomorrow. I don't want to give too many spoilers because then you won't watch my review, people. But um, <laughs> Snow White we talked about yesterday, and I think yes. a lot of it, the fact that it is a female-led film, you know, and especially as a young boy growing up when your only male characters to really get your teeth into are the dwarves. Right. It's hard for relatability. Oh yeah, definitely. Pinocchio and to a lesser extent, Dumbo and Bambi mm -hmm. are a lot easier to relate to because those are just dynamic stories. It doesn't even have to do with the fact that Pinocchio's a boy, or Bambi's a boy, or Dumbo's a boy. All of that's irrelevant. It's the storytelling. And like you mentioned, the morality in Pinocchio and the overcoming adversity in Dumbo. And, you know, just a tale about getting older in Bambi and watching him grow from a little baby up to becoming the great prince of the forest. That, you know, when it when it comes to Pinocchio, I, I don't love it as much as you. We all know that. But I definitely give Pinocchio his props. Pinocchio gets four and a half out of five for me. So two things there I'll touch on and then I'll 
I'll, I'll let you do your thing. Both of us being parents now, as long as we have. Pinocchio, Dumbo, and Bambi definitely resonate more. Especially Dumbo and Bambi. But this one too. And if you are out there and you heard Sir JJ said that he doesn't love Pinocchio more than me. If you find somebody that loves Pinocchio more than me and they happen to be female, my number is 66. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, introduce yourself to Mr. Meacham because he lonely. He needs a female counterpart. I will marry. I have the ability. I have the, the certificate. I will marry you on the spot right then and there. I swear to God, I will. Because this is hashtag my business. And if you team. just so happen to love Back to the Future as well, then make it double trouble. Yeah. If, if you're a lover of Back to the Future and Pinocchio and Mary Poppins, you are the reason I had no soul because you have my soul. You are my soulmate. So come on down. Dun, 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 dun. No royalties, no the song gone. Anyway. But I mean, to find a five star film this early on in the filmography for me is a little bit difficult. I hear you. Because. And this is no knock to Walt Disney and the animation studios because everything they did back here was so amazing. Yes. But everything is still so primitive on this level. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it's going to take a lot this early on to find something five-star worthy for me. Uh, and I, I, I definitely see that point of view. And to, to credit to both the films that are coming earlier than the ones that you revere the highest, the jungle book, Robin hood, etc. You know, like you said, primitive animation technology is ultimately a bitch. So, I mean, when you, I mean, you see the jungle book, Robin hood basically had the same scene at one point. Um, so we'll get you know, into you know. that when we get there. There's a lot of recycled animation in Robin hood. Yes. Yes, quite so. But and you know what? It works. It does. It does. It, it, the, the scenes work well, very well in both movies. So, and, and it doesn't deter from the story. So that's that's the important thing. And exactly. that's what these movies, you know, you, you've had a great resurgence return so far. I'm not going to even you know deny any part of that for you. But I really think that this month is going to be your most definitive up to now because these 30 movies some i mean the package are notwithstanding very much story heavy and they will make you even if you've reviewed them before on the audio version you know these i'll say 24 of them however many package i don't know how many package ones there are but, I believe there's six. Okay, so 24. I was, good math. It's pretty damn good for not knowing off the top of my damn head. Um, Although you could technically count Fantasia in that, even though it is part of the golden era, because it is multiple segments within the movie. Right. And there's no real, quote-unquote, story per se. Yeah. It's very much more about the music and the imagery than it is about the basic story. Sources of Prentice notwithstanding. Um and you're going to that tomorrow, I'm sure. And I'll definitely be watching that one tomorrow for the record. Um, I'm sure you will. Um, but these 23, 22, whatever movies are really going to make you 
reevaluate because you've watched them all growing up for the most part as a kid. I mean, the one, the ones up to now, anyway, you haven't seen black cauldron, the rescuers. Cool. I'm, I'm glad you get to see the rescuers and rescue thunder because man, I love those movies on levels. I haven't seen black I've cauldron seen either. Black. So I'm definitely going to be there with you on that one. Um, but they'll really make you realize that how you saw them as a child, how you, analyze them as a teenager and young adult, how you reviewed them as an adult just a couple years ago, your opinions will definitely have shifted by now. I guarantee it. And I look forward to that. Love it. Just just like I look forward to all y'all going out there on the social media, getting those hashtags trending, hashtag Casa D18 Studios, hashtag Renegades Reviews, hashtag Renegade Returns, hashtag Jeff Meacham Network. That's right. Hashtag. And of course. That's right. And of course, the ever popular hashtag shenanigans. And, and if you happen to super chat at all this week, I might buy myself a shenanigans shirt. So donate to the cause of me buying the shirt that JJ pushed for us so hard for. Shenanigans need to be a thing on the show at all times. Shenanigans like your Pinocchio VHS falling down. Hey, it's only been three times now, so there. Damn it. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money's made. Make sure you guys get out there. Do what that commercial just told you. Go to teespring.com slash stores slash Jeff Meacham Network for all your official merchandise of the Casa D18 Studios Brotherhood. Get you your Renegade J.J. Williams t-shirt or tank top. Summer is around the corner, and maybe you want to get yourself, you know, a little tank top to rock during the summer months. Get you your dad's not always on wrestling t-shirt. Stat Boy Sports Bar. Hashtag Stat Boy Approved. Or just like Jeff mentioned going into the commercial, hashtag shenanigans. Get you your official merchandise for the Jeff Meacham Network. Three different designs of the Jeff Meacham Network logo for you to choose from, along with Talk Wrestling, Meachamania, also available on a tank top. If you want one of those to rock this summer for their beach parties, the beach blanket bingo going on. Recommended by Lisa from Canada and Teresa from uh, living in Victorville. Uh, there you go. That's where it is. Wow. You forgot where your sister lives. I've been there in months. Leave me alone. I'm going to have to shoot her a message shit, about see? that. There's four. Okay, very good. I'm going to have to shoot her a message about that. Oh, God. Here we go. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow right Please. back here on the Casa D18 Studios channel when I will bring you yet another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews. And I will be reviewing also from 1940 what is arguably... Walt Disney's true animated masterpiece, Fantasia. You're not going to want to miss out on that tomorrow. Right back here on the Casa D18 Studios channel. Jeff, before I let you go today, have you got anything that you would like to plug coming up later this week? Let's see, this week... Well, yes, I know. I know the day after tomorrow, on Friday, you it's will a very also crazy movie, but you know, featuring um, Tom 
That's right. In the replay position on your channel after seven, it's gone live over here. Thank you Eastern, in advance. I of course, of course. That. So tonight over on the Jeff Meacham Network, we will be having the Greg Cherry Show coming up at 7 o'clock Eastern 4 Pacific. I don't know if we're out of states yet. We may be going into Canadian provinces, and this was in, in the uh, in the weird laws department. We've also talked about we, we've had suggested that we do this day in history because Greg being a trivia buff and me being a history buff in wrestling. Yeah, there you go. Um, so we'll see what happens tonight. Tomorrow night, coming up at eight o'clock Eastern Five Pacific, the No DQ Review. I want to say it's episode one forty two. That sounds right in my head. Um, the latest headlines, news, whatever, shenanigans, wrestling. You know, just. We always tend to get at least four or five topics. We usually, if, if I'm on the air, we usually go an hour or more. We actually kept it an hour last week. I was very surprised. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. Shenanigans will probably be afoot with me and Virtue in the same room. It happens every time. Um, especially if Aaron wants to mention the fact that I can't deduce proper pronouns for people like he did last week. The schmuck. Um, as you said, Friday we'll have our replay of Dumbo on this show. Dumbo. We got it. We got it. Um, you know. Uh, and then the weekend, of course, is dedicated to... Can I reach it? I can reach it. Hang on. Stand by, Pinocchio. Sunday, One Sunday. standing by. Let's see. There you go. Sunday, Sunday will be all about the 10 pounds of gold and the National Wrestling Alliance as they move when our shadows fall. Live on pay-per-view. Full watch along. Pre-show at 12.30 Pacific. Like, God damn you. <laughs> early full. Like, I, I, I sleep in on Sundays. I am Biff Tannen. Anyway, um, Lordy. Um, well, that was Saturdays for him, so I totally screwed that lineup. So I'm just going to go with it anyway. Um, yes, yeah, so Sunday will be NWA coverage, and then we're right back, right back on the hitting the ground running Monday with Talk Wrestling. So that's what's coming up for me. But I'm looking forward to Fantasia tomorrow. Looking forward to Dumbo on Friday, replay on my channel. Looking forward to Bambi, you know. This week is definitely the week of man. What a week what of a premiere! Week. You got a hell of a lineup the first week. I, I'm so happy. I'm I'm here for it, brother. Definitely, definitely, and I'm curious to see what happens on the NWA show because I saw earlier today. Um, I don't know if it was a match just added to the card or if it was already announced, whatever. But I saw JTG yes. versus Fred Rosser. The former Darren Young. Yes. That is going to be an amazing contest. Yes. I pick JTG for the record. Got to go with go. my crime time breath. Hell there. yeah, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yesterday they announced the full card. Took them freaking long enough. Sons of bitches. But um, I'm looking forward to it, man. Like, it's going to be a solid show. And people already say, eh, you know, there's no way out. This is going to lose Trevor Murdoch. Do not underestimate. Trevor Murdoch, you know, former tag team champion WWE, another overlooked talent that they let slip away, kind of went off into the into the sunset for a while there, and has come back with a resurgent attitude. Man, former NWA national champion now, and he's under the skin of the dealer. So you don't cross Nick Alvis without a serious repercussion coming your way. Now they're talking about rumors about a certain wife of the champion being there in eight to 90 days, folks. Relax. It ain't gonna happen. I wish I do. Trust me. Because I don't want to wait because they're, they're, they're teasing her first anniversary also for Impact. So I don't wait till July to see her on TV again. But 
90 days are a bitch. So, but we will see the 10 pounds of gold defended, which, you know, he and I, the last 10, 12 years, the 10 pounds of gold is hashtag the business. So there it is. So make sure you tune into the Jeff Meacham network for all of those broadcasts and all of that content coming this week. Make sure you tune in here to the Casa D18 Studios channel for all the upcoming Disney Animation Studios films. Like we said, tomorrow is Fantasia. Friday will be Dumbo. Saturday will be Bambi. Wrapping up Sunday with Saludos Amigos, the beginning of the package era. And then on Monday, just prior to talk wrestling, will be those three caballeros. So you're going to want to make sure that you tune in for all of that right here on the Casa D18 Studios channel. Jeff, or should I call you Geppetto right now as you cradle your little wooden head? That's right. Thank you for joining me here in the workshop today. Thank you. And helping me bring this story and this review to life. It's been a pleasure to have you join me. Thank you to all my loyal viewers watching along for the premiere, leaving your comments all the way over there next to Pinocchio there where he's pointing at the Michamania t-shirt. All you guys brother, tuning brother. in on demand, leaving your comments down here. Thank you. Greatly appreciate you guys. I appreciate each and every one of my fans that tune in on a regular basis supporting me. Thank you very much. For those of you that aren't Disney fans, I hope that you can bear with me this month and ride through these Animation Studios films. Because even if you're not a huge fan of the Disney company, I know there's a couple of films coming up this month that you probably hold near and dear to your heart. So thank you for tuning in. And I will see you guys next time.